Is it okay to say something even small that would be good about the Steelers' offense? Yeah, no, maybe, well, you're going to find out anyway if you happen to stick with this entire episode. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Now, there wasn't anything good to say about the offense. Of course there wasn't. It was another catastrophe and another lousy loss, and they haven't scored any points. They're the 16-point Steelers. It's what they do, and it's not going to get any better until either everybody's fired or the quarterback retires or is benched. I went and I watched this game again after flying home from Green Bay yesterday. And similar to other impressions that I've had over the course of the first quarter of this 2021 season, some things did surprise me. Some for the worse, some for the better. And one that surprised me here I go, I'm getting ready to duck again, was the offensive line. I saw some things that I actually liked out there. Now, not everything. I sure didn't like seeing Trey Turner get shoved backward on roller skates right into Ben Roethlisberger for a strip sack that ended up giving Green Bay points. I sure didn't like when Kendrick Green on the very first series was literally flattened. Like, you know, they, they use the term pancaked. He became an actual pancake. All that was missing was the syrup. I didn't like that either. But then as the game progressed, and as the Steelers, more stubbornly than usual, stuck with the running game, you started to see a little bit more confidence come into the equation. And I did kind of let everybody know that this is what would happen. You can't build up offensive linemen in terms of confidence. You can with cohesion and chemistry and that other stuff. But in terms of confidence, you can't do it through pass blocking. It has to be run blocking. They have to be going downhill. They have to be getting angry and aggressive and playing with an attitude. And we started to see that in this game to the extreme that when the Steelers were down 17 points in the fourth quarter, they were still occasionally running the ball and doing it fairly well. Now, you can say, well, of course, the other team's in a prevent defense and, and everything else, and that's true. But those could also be runs that fail, you know, kind of the way all the other runs were failing over the first three weeks. The Steelers had some short yardage situations, not the ones that called for a pass, but the shorter ones, and they converted. You know how they converted? By having Najee run right to the middle of the line. What a concept, huh? There was even a Derek Watt appearance, a Derek Watt sighting on the football field with the offense. That's... That's how committed they'd become, at least as compared to where they'd been 
for the first three games. It ended up netting a modest 62 yards for Najee on 16 carries. But that was an upgrade. That was better than what they'd done. And the offensive line, collectively and individually, performed better. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who filed for workers' comp, who need assistance with medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG take pride in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises for over 80 years in our region. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. You usually do these breakdowns uh, of an individual line left to right. I'm going to go the other direction because I need to start with Joe Haig. I need to start with the right tackle who was called to fill in for Chooksakorafor, who's out with a concussion. Because on Deontay Johnson's opening touchdown, the 45-yarder, that, by the way, was just a gorgeous throw by Ben. The real reason that it happened, or I should say that it was allowed to happen, was that Haig was cognizant before the snap that Rashawn Gary of the Packers had been lined up a little bit off the edge trying to obviously take a wide route around Haig, challenging Haig, challenging his footwork, challenging his ability to adjust. And not only did Gary take that angle, he also went offside. And unlike Joe Hayden later in the game, he was actually offside. He got an illegal jump. Still, Haig moved his feet quickly, engaged, stayed high, on Gary, made sure he never had a beat on Roethlisberger. And when he continued to try to go wide, even further back, Haig never left him, locked in, totally legal, no holding, no nothing. And all that time that was bought provided Ben what he needed, the extra second or two to drop that dime into Deontay's arms deep downfield. Joe Haig. And he had a good camp, too. This is this was one of those guys that, whenever I was complaining relentlessly about why are they just anointing people? Why are they just telling these linemen that these jobs are theirs? Why are they only using them for one quarter of a preseason game? Who are they to be treated like that? And a lot of you were... Not all that happy with me for bringing that up because I think everybody wanted to establish some kind of hope or some comfort level that they had an offensive line when they didn't. So anyway, so Haig fills in for Okorafor, arguably outperforms Chooks at his own position. Good for him. Right guard was Turner. Now, I mentioned Turner getting shoved back. It was not a good look. It was not a good look, and it was not a good outcome. But did you also notice that most of the running plays, most of the between-the-tackles running plays, went to the right side? That is not because Najee has a preference. He doesn't. 
He doesn't have a preference verbally, and he doesn't show one on film. You tell him where to run a football, and he'll run it. Well, they told him to run it behind 51, and Turner did a really good job over there, occasionally getting some help from Green. Green himself recovered from that pancake almost instantly. I am not going to sit here and glow about his performance. He has a lot of work to do. Most of it involves getting stronger in the lower body and making sure that he can leverage guys up based on one expert that I spoke with in the press box up in Green Bay. And he got really way more specific than that, and I can share that with you some other time. But Green showed better too. Not complete, but better. Kevin Dotson, I'm not sure what to do with that performance. He occasionally did some good things too, and then, of course, he ended up getting hurt with the hip flexor. We'll see what his status is. But in his place came B.J. Finney, who's somebody that I've wanted to see, you know, most of the year. You can talk about all this inexperience and everything on the line, and you're leaving a fifth-year NFL guy who's, by the way, got a 10-2 and record in the NFL. His team does when he starts, and you're just letting him sit over there on the sideline. Uh, not something that I really understood. But I can't rule out that Finney would end up being, at least in the short term, an upgrade over Dotson if Dotson ends up being injured for any period of time. Left tackle is is the toughest. Dan Moore hasn't been as good as I think a lot of people are portraying him to be. Uh, Dan Moore was the classic case of we like him because he's a rookie and we're going to stick by him because he fills us with hope or whatever. He hasn't been that good. Uh, I believe that if and when Zach Banner returns, and I always have to throw the if in front of that. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's been a while now. Once Banner is back on the field, if Chooks is also healthy, you could see Chooks bounce back to his natural position on the left side. And don't yell at me. Stop it. Stop it. Don't yell at me. It's not my idea. I'm just telling you, I think you could see it because there aren't a whole lot of options at left tackle. Bottom line, offensive line got better. The bottom er line to that, they got better because they committed more to the run. Let's see that again, you know, this time finishing the job. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And that comes today from Dave, who asks think that if it had been Troy Polamalu who blocked that field goal and scooped the ball up and ran it back for a touchdown, that maybe there wouldn't have been a flag. Also, hey, the announcers would have talked about the play for five minutes with 10 replays and ESPN would have made it the play of the day and Troy wins defensive player of the week and everything else. <laughs> I get your point, Dave. Yes, my answer is yes. You posted this Originally in the comments section on DK Pittsburgh Sports, and 
you almost immediately got a bunch of down cups. And for anybody who's not on our site who doesn't know what that means, we have up cups for positive votes and down cups for negative votes since I'm a coffee obsessive and we go with coffee cups instead of arrows. And my man Dave here is getting flooded, right? They might as well be dumping the coffee on his head. But it's a really, really good point. Because what actually went wrong for the officials on this play, and this is human, is that they didn't expect to see what they saw. So their response to being surprised the way they were with a clean break, not just of Hayden, but also Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, and Joe Schobert, all four guys on that side of the line, jumped at the same time, but very, very visibly after the ball had been snapped by a completely non-moving Green Bay front line. Visually, it's a difficult thing to process. If you're standing outside in your backyard and a spaceship lands in front of you, you're going to be startled. You're not going to react the way you normally would. However, however, Troy's on the field. Well, you could be any official of any level of experience, including a complete novice, and you'll have known and recognized what Troy could and often did in these special team situations, where he could jump above, he could time a leap, he could get through a line, meaning on regular offense-defense type situations, in a way that nobody else could. Every single time in your own life, when you saw Troy do that thing where he would, uh, this, you know, the Superman leap and land on top of the quarterback, did he not look offside to you? Was that not your first instinct? But eventually, Troy would do it again, and you'd go, oh, yeah, that's just Troy. That's a completely legal play. That's what happened here. That's what happened here. This was Hayden's uh, comment about this yesterday. He wasn't available to us up in Green Bay on Sunday, but he did speak yesterday to the situation. Uh, we didn't really get any uh, explanation. Well, the explanation that we've got was a lot of people said that we weren't offsides. Um, the ball moved, and you know, me and Minka, we were we were we were timing that thing up. So as soon as it was a flinch of the ball, we got off it. I felt like it was you know uh, a really good get off, and then. Um, you know, he was able to block the ball. I think, you know, once you get off like that, sometimes, I mean, two people come in that clean, referees sometimes just throw it. I mean, it's happened to us in, against the Titans. We've had probably two, three blocks since I've been here that just really good get-offs. And once everybody gets off on the ball so good sometimes, I mean, referees throw the flag. It's unfortunate, though. I love Joe. I love his rep. He's not Troy. And as good as Joe has been in this very specific role, over the course of his NFL career, he hasn't come close to gaining that kind of reputation. So when he does it, or when anyone else does it, it's going to come with a different feel and a different reaction. I will remind that this play is not reviewable. So the way the officials reflexively respond will define how it gets called. 
really, really good stuff. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm going right back to the site right now to try to urge people to get you some up cups and balance this out. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.